1: Hello and welcome to the Near and Queer to My Heart podcast. I'm your host, Amanda G. Thank you all for tuning in. Thanks to everyone who's been giving us shouts on social media. If you haven't yet, try it. We're fun. We write back in GIFs or GIFs or whatever you want to call them. Our Twitter is Queer to My Heart. Insta, Facebook, Near and Queer to My Heart. Check us out. Say hi. If you want to email us, queer to my heart at gmail.com. We can go old school for you. We don't mind. I'm so happy to bring you this episode. We got Smokestack Lightning amazing drag queen artist extraordinaire so happy to have smokestack with us Uh, but before we get to the episode i just got two things for you number one i got a corrections corner i know you haven't heard the episode yet but i messed something up that has been bothering me ever since so i wanted to get in front of it you know put it out there own up to it before you even know what i'm owning up to in the episode i talk about kurt cobain dying in 1996 This is not true. I wish Kurt Cobain had lived longer than he did. He unfortunately passed away in 1994, uh, so I gave him two more years, and I know fans might be upset uh, by the inaccuracy, so I'm correcting it up top. We got that taken care of. Our second thing, we have a sponsor. I'm so excited to have them. The French Quarter Guest House in New Orleans. We're starting this new show in New Orleans called Fruitback Comedy, where we're bringing out of town queer comics to New Orleans to headline. We're giving them money. We're giving them a place to stay. Thank you to French Quarter Guest House for that. They're hooking us up with a room so we can bring people in and we can make it worth their time to be here, and we can give queer performers another space to show their craft. So we're really excited for that. Uh, French Quarter Guest House, they have a bunch of different properties on and near the French Quarter, and they were nice enough to hook my girlfriend and I up uh, with a staycation. We stayed at their Lamoth House, which is over on Esplanade, right at the edge of the French Quarter, which is the perfect place to stay. We were a block in to the quarter. Another block over the other way, we were at Frenchman Street. It was amazing. Uh, they have a pool. We had a jacuzzi tub. We had a really a good old time. And it was quiet. And the staff is amazing. And definitely, if you have folks coming in or if you just want to staycation yourself, check it out. Lamoth Moth House. They're part of French Quarter Guest House. It's 25% off. Uh, using the code pride so use the code pride for 25% off just give them a shout out on social media let them know you thank them for what they're doing they're helping us bring jen snyder in november 14th to hi-ho lounge in new orleans jen is an amazing queer comic she's been on the podcast before so check that out but right now we're going to get to our guest of honor today so happy to have them please welcome smoked stack lightning y'all Smokestack Lightning.
2: Hello. How's it going? It's going good. How are you?
1: I'm good. You look so comfortable. You're laying. We have a a chaise (laughs) or chaise lounge. A chaise lounge. I don't know the proper pronunciation, but, do it, I, but looks like it was made for you, Like yeah. you fit perfectly yeah. in I it. I might just take it home. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. Take everything out of my house. I am trying to do the Marie Kondo decluttering thing, mm-hmm. but as you could tell by the room we're in, I'm not succeeding at That's all.
2: That's okay. I, I honestly don't have room for all this stuff at my house anyway. I'm definitely a hoarder. <laughs> well, If you see, you
1: see these DVDs, there's mm-hmm. only one shelf left. Those were all shelves of DVDs that I slowly got rid of, but... Those particular ones all have like an emotional attachment. And uh-huh. even though we literally don't have a DVD player yeah. and if we want to watch a DVD, we have to plug in a computer to the TV. It's a whole thing. You,
2: we didn't have a TV at my house and I have like shelves of like, even if we did have a TV, we don't have a VCR or a DVD player. But I have so many v- VHS tapes and DVDs. I'm just like, but I don't want to get rid of them. I, know. I love them.
1: Exactly. And I look at it like my League of Their Own VHS <laughs> mm-hmm. tape. And I also had the DVD. Because that was back when the DVDs had special features. Yeah. You know, when you would get it and there would be. Yeah. I still wish they had that audio commentary. I would yeah. actually like rewatch things yeah. with the audio commentary. Because like. Having the people that made it tell you how they made it is yeah. so cool.
2: It is nice, though, because when they do have DVDs that come out of all these movies, they, uh, or newer movies, they put them like straight in like, the $2 bin at Walmart, and you're just like, okay, yeah, well, yeah. that's a great movie, because Netflix has it on there, so they're like, well, we can't make any money off of this this way, so.
1: Yeah, but then Netflix, it leaves Netflix, and then you're like, how am I going to mm, watch this?
2: True, true. got to all become pirates, <laughs> internet pirates.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Or just hold on to the old technology, I don't know. Yeah. Where are you from?
2: I'm from Seattle. Okay. Um, born and raised in Seattle. Moved here about seven years ago.
1: What brought you to New Orleans?
2: Magic is what I always say. <laughs> but that often people think that I like do magic tricks or something and like I moved down here to be a magician, but that's not the case. <laughs> I just had lived in Seattle my whole life and I'd come down here to visit and I loved it. And um yeah, it was just, I'd always in Seattle try to say hello to people walking down the street and everybody gets so socially awkward and uncomfortable when people try to talk to them, strangers. But then I came down here and I would say hi to people and they would respond and I was like, whoa, that's nice. <laughs> Validation. <laughs> we yeah. see each other. <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't. I I only spent one day in Seattle, so I don't have a lot of context for mm-hmm. for that. I mean, it seemed you know it was very. It seemed like a PC kind of like I went to a place I think it was called Three Sixty. I want to mm-hmm. say and it, everything there came from was like locally sourced and it yeah. was like that kind of yeah that kind of vibe.
2: Yeah. Um. I, my friend Blythe, whenever we talked to her about Seattle stuff or say anything about Seattle, she's like, "Yeah," but that's because Seattle's in the future. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just like like oh well, we can recycle these in Seattle. She's like yeah but. You're not in Seattle, you dumb bitch. (laughs) Yeah, can't recycle
1: shit around here. No,
2: and even if you do try and recycle things, they just put it in the trash can anyway, and you're like, oh. Why did I even make the effort to separate that? (laughs) That's
1: what I've been told. My friend was like, because I I had to fight so hard to get a recycle bin here. I'm Mm -hmm. from Los Angeles originally. And I went to school in like San Francisco area. And there you had, in our dorms, we had four different recycling. We had a paper, a plastic, cans, glass. um, And then they had the regular disposal, which like if you put something in there and it wasn't and it could have been recycled, people would judge you for it. Like, is that serious? (laughs) And then I moved here and it's like to find, I used to hold all my recycling and I would drive it to the tarp. Target, and Metairie, yeah. like, I would make every other weekend a 15-minute trip to take recycling. Yeah. Which is also, I'm like, oh, let me get in my car and drive with this gas to go right. recycle this stuff. Exactly. And then my friend's like, it's New Orleans, like, they just throw it away. Yeah. And I was like, don't tell me that, sir.
2: Yeah. And you can't recycle glass anywhere here, except for Horns, where I used to work. They recycle glass. Uh, the owner has paid some other company who does recycle glass to come and, like, pick up her glass every every week. And she just like lets anybody in the neighborhood just use it. When I was working there, I just bring all my glass from home there like once a week and just. It
1: up. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. That's so weird because I... But I, also I, pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. You got to work for it. So yeah. it's like, if I'm going to work for it, I need to know that it's doing something. Yeah. My girlfriend and I, you know, Lash, we just went for brunch uh, the other day and uh. someone had recommended horns to us. We mm. ended up not going because uh. we wanted to try the other place they recommended. Uh. But they were saying that horns, like every morning, like they let, they have benches outside and they yeah. let like homeless folks come and sleep there. Yeah. And then in the morning they're like, they give them coffee and food and just send them on their way. Yeah. And I was um. like, that's really cool
2: cool it's not i mean maybe it's not quite like that but yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was like you got Um, the inside scoop so yeah yeah There, there are homeless people who who um sleep there every night and there are i think separate homeless people who we will give coffee and food and stuff to who ask for it but not usually the same people (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> so i
1: was like oh that's just so nice like there's a safe place to sleep and you wake up in the morning and get coffee which, yeah no you know... we, we try
2: and not make it like too much of a hotel or a bed and breakfast
1: so was were you in seattle were you in like the city were you in the suburbs were you like across uh, in the city okay yeah um... i know people live like across a whole river or a lake lake yeah, yeah. and they're yeah. like it's seattle and i'm like uh... <laughs> yeah <exactly>. okay
2: <laughs> yeah that happens a lot when i ask people where they're from and and or people find out I'm from Seattle they're like, oh cool I'm from Seattle too like well, where you're where are you from they're like oh you know Auburn or Kent or somewhere that's like know, like an hour drive away and you're like girl <laughs> don't lie to me like, like that was cute when you <laughs> said you were from seattle yeah no, i grew up in the city
1: can i ask how old you are
2: uh 32
1: okay because mm-hmm. i was like did you grow up like around like when grunge was pop like when that was the shit back then no but like everybody
2: everybody in high school was oh like i had so many friends who were who would like get dressed up and like all black and like mourn the death of kurt cobain the day that he died like they it's like Crying and hugging each other in the hallway. Yeah. I can't believe he's gone. Like, you weren't even alive.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember in junior high, like, Nirvana was big, like, Soundgarden, like, all these. And then Kurt Cobain, I think he passed away in, like, 96. 90- was it 96? I have no idea. Uh, yeah, it was, like, <laughs> much earlier than, like, now when I'm looking back, I think it was. Yeah. And I'm just like, wow, I was such, a, I was a baby. I'm 36. Yeah. So, I'm like, you were even more of a baby. Yeah. <laughs> but everyone acts, like, I'm like, we were in junior high. Like, y'all, yeah. we didn't know shit about music. Yeah, exactly. Like, we we couldn't like a band.
2: Right. I never got into any of those grunge bands, like, ever. I, I mean, the only band that I really like from Seattle, I guess, is the Presidents of the United States of America. They did that Peaches song. I love the Presidents. I love the Presidents. i have I've seen... a song called Kitty. Yeah, I love <laughs> that Kitty song. On my foot and I <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've gone to see them, I think, like, I don't know. Seven or eight times, just because they would always be playing somewhere in Seattle. It's usually pretty cheap, and it's a fun show.
1: Yeah, I heard they're really good live. They are. They were, I was one time watching this VH1 special. This is like years ago, uh-huh. and it was they were working on an album with Sir Mix a lot. Yeah, I've and, seen them perform together. Okay, yeah. and I, I never saw the results of that. I just watched this whole show about them producing it, and I've literally never heard or seen what happened with that. So every once in a while, I think about it, but I haven't looked it up yet, so yeah. I'm like, is it good? So, um Growing up, Seattle. Mm-hmm. You graduate high school. Mm-hmm. Did you go to college?
2: I mean, I went to like community college up there for a little bit. It was, I, I mean, I was just doing it because I felt like I had to, and I. Felt kind of like pressured into doing it because my twin sister got into college and like went off to go to college. But then when she dropped out, I was like, oh, thank God, I'm off the hook. <laughs> wow. So
1: you're a twin? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I have a twin sister. Her name is Erin. We have so many weird similarities that just like show up every now and again that I mean, like, we don't look alike at all. She's a girl. She's mm-hmm. like maybe like a foot shorter than me. Yeah, well, you're very tall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this summer, I went to visit and we were ordering food to ago and she was calling in the order and um, she asked me what I wanted and I was like, oh, I want the pot to you. And she like gave her boyfriend this look. I didn't know what it meant. I was like, okay. Uh, she was like, well, what kind of meat do you want? I was like, tofu. She gave him a look again and she was like, how many stars? I was like, two. And she gave him the same look and I was like, what's going on guys and and she was like that's my order it's like (laughs) i get that every time (laughs) so we have a lot of weird little similarities like that
1: (laughs) yeah i was gonna ask and i don't know how to ask this it's kind of a weird question but Mm -hmm. what is it like growing up with a twin because like i -hmm. feel like from birth you always have somebody there i don't know if like your parents made you all dress alike or if
2: yeah i mean we we did dress alike a lot like they had they got lots of like matching outfits for us but then when we started getting our own clothes, and they'd always buy me boys' clothes, and they'd buy her girls' clothes. I always wanted the dresses, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. I remember stealing my sister's nightgown a lot. It's like a pink nightgown with a big old teddy bear on it. I just loved it. Nightgowns are comfortable. <laughs> they are. Let everything just hang yeah. right out. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, I was like, I know it's a weird question to be like, what's it like? Because you don't know it. Like, you don't know what it's like to not have a twin. Yeah, but exactly. I think that's so interesting because I'm sure, like, all the time people are asking you all these questions about being a twin and, yeah. oh, who was born first? And, you yeah. know, it was me <laughs> <laughs> by two minutes. <laughs> like, I won that one and yeah. I will always answer that question. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. But when we were born, I was actually smaller than she was. We were um, preemies and it was my mom's first time being pregnant. And she was like a very paranoid first time pregnant lady, as most first time pregnant ladies are it was like nine weeks before our due date and my water broke my sister was like squirming around and she like i don't know what she did she like kicked me or something and like my water popped it was like nine weeks early so she was just like came into the room and told my dad like hey my water just broke and he was like no there's no way too early but it did so we got brought to the hospital and we had to, she had to have a have c-section and yeah
1: (laughs) like everybody's okay i'm (laughs) yeah
2: we had jaundice so we had to get two blood transfusions oh shit yeah
1: what is actually jaundice like i don't know okay all i know is that turns you yellow (laughs) (laughs) i I always hear like that's one of those terms like you hear like i've heard the word jaundice and i've you know in tv shows oh yeah, yeah jaundice and i'm like i don't know what it is yeah
2: yeah they show the person and they're yellow and there's something in the blood i remember my friend spencer in high school he called me one day from the hospital because he was like he'd been feeling sick for a few days and he yeah he got jaundiced and he was like in the hospital and he like went to go visit him and he was so yellow it was terrifying and it's like you know when someone has a really bad bruise really yellow with like purple around the edges yeah that's just what he looked like just oh like God. a giant bruise and it was horrifying and he had like so many ivs in his arms just like they were like just trying to like give him all the liquids just to replenish him vitamins and all that oh, that's scary it's horrifying <laughs> never get jaundiced yes. <laughs> i don't know
1: how you get it now i'm a little worried about it no, I, was I think like, you're fine things to look yeah. up for later <laughs> yeah
2: he was one of those people who was being intentionally homeless for a while mm. you know rich kids who were like i don't need you mom i'm just gonna go live under a bridge did and then he got jaundice and i was like well
3: good
2: like, thing your parents have health health insurance yeah <laughs> Sure.
1: All right. So, community college, you were kind of dabbling.
2: I didn't ever take, like, I, I had to get through all the, the weird, like, basic classes first because I just wasn't that good of a student in high school. Just didn't care. Also, I hate doing homework <laughs> <laughs> and I'm such a procrastinator. I'm still a huge procrastinator. I, for all my drag shows, I will, like, make my costumes for the show the day of or, like, the night before every time. And it's just, like, it always works out, but. Like, you know, I always imagined, what would it be like if I actually did this ahead of time? (laughs) How much better could it have been?
1: As somebody who I need to wait till the last minute, Mm -hmm. because that's how my brain like really kicks into gear. Yeah. When I've done something early... It's uh-huh. confusing for me yeah. and it's usually not as good as when I was like put up to a deadline. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's how, other people like could not handle yeah. that, but I'm like, I need the deadline and I need to work right up yeah. till or a little bit after the deadline.
2: Yeah. I wish there was a way to convince my brain that things need to be done. Like give myself a deadline a week before. But even if I try and tell myself like, oh, you got to get this done by this Sunday instead of next Sunday, I will still wait till the last minute. Like I know that I'm lying to myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to yeah. fuck with all the clocks, yeah. you know,
1: until because now the cell phones automatically like keep updating it. Yeah. But I used to like always have it a little fast or a little yeah. slow to like trick myself. Yeah. But everyone would be real confused. They're like, "Your clock's wrong." I'm like, "It's not wrong.
2: Yeah, it's fine. It's <laughs> fine. Don't touch it." <laughs> That's what I need.
1: I, I convinced myself, and now I know it's wrong, and now I have yeah. to go back to the drawing board on this. Yeah,
2: I would try and do that to myself too, but I would always then I would get confused. I'd be like, "Well, what the fuck time is it actually?" I don't know. And I was like, "I can't do this to myself. It's making me feel crazy." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what time is it?
1: pretty much what we do (laughs) and so this is a question that i ask everybody and it's got a million pieces Mm -hmm. i haven't done this too badly to you yet usually i ask Mm -hmm. multi-part questions and then i'm like you go and remember everything i just (laughs) asked you but it's the it's the coming out question but i like to ask it because i know for everybody coming out is sometimes a daily thing Mm -hmm. it's not always like oh i came out this one time and that's it so it's um the question is And I think you, I do have to ask it in multi-parts because they're all connected with each other. Okay. But it's when did you come out to yourself? Mm -hmm. And then when did you start coming out to other people, friends and family? Mm -hmm. And then I don't know as much for you on stage, um, but usually it's also when did you come out to like the public, like with performance? Uh, I feel like with the drag world, it's a Uh little different than stand-up or like theater or, um, you know, any uh, storytelling or any other type of performance that we've had. Yeah. There's all the, the parts. Okay,
2: well, let's see. I think I still sometimes have to tell people, like, strangers, oh, well, I'm gay, obviously. Look at me. I'm a giant sparkly rainbow of a person, <laughs> <laughs> wearing every color, every pattern all the time. I'm just like, how did you do? I have pink hair. <laughs> yeah,
1: like, you have pink hair. You yeah. got earrings. Yeah, I got rhinestone earrings on <laughs> that used to belong to my grandma. Yes. You got <laughs> rainbow <laughs> shoes.
2: Yeah. Sparkly rainbow lemay shoes. I had to tell some guy earlier, like, oh, no, I have a husband. I... Don't care about you creeping on this girl. <laughs> but yeah, I guess I'm not really sure when I came out to myself. I do know that my I didn't come out to my mom. My mom came out to me as knowing that I was gay. Mm. <laughs> she had found some porn on the family computer.
1: Oh and yes, was... <laughs> the whole family computer. We've had a couple of family computer stories. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: she had seen it months ago, and she was just like kind of just like saving it for the right moment and there was one morning when i just wasn't getting up to go to school because i would just i just wanted to sleep in all the time and so we had to leave in like five minutes and she was like try like three times to come in and be like addison get up addison wake the fuck up and then the last time she was like i found the porn i know you're gay i was like oh okay
1: i'm up i'm up Good moment to save that for. Wow, yeah, she yeah. was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna maximize what I can do with this." Yeah, she had
2: two gay brothers too, so she. I mean, like it, it like didn't shock her or surprise her at all. Okay, so I your mean,
1: family was were they out? Your uncles uh, or yeah, yeah, So you grew up with real. This is gonna sound weird. Real, real gay people. Yeah, is what I wanna yeah say. exactly. Because, uh, <laughs> a lot of us, like, and people I've talked to, and also myself, didn't know growing up any out gay people yeah. so we didn't have the kind of lens and context that like a lot of the younger generation has right and also like the representation in the media was so different than it mm-hmm. used to be i feel like having real life people who are living out and proud as an example yeah. is helpful
2: oh yeah definitely um i had two uncles who who were uh duet duet couple <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So i was like what's also, that word yeah. that's probably the gay word for couple yeah, i was like they weren't married because it was illegal <laughs> so they weren't husbands they weren't boyfriends because they were well beyond that point partners yeah um i like duet yeah they, they were duet greatest hits captain and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah my uncle's captain and teneal elton john and kiki d <laughs> <laughs>
1: Greg and Guy, actually. Well, they could be a band. That's great. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Exactly. We would go over to their house like every weekend and they would babysit us. Or they would sometimes babysit us during the week. Me and my twin sister and our younger brother, Eric, who's like three and a half years younger than us. They had such a cool house, so many, like, antiques, and just, like, everything was, like, so fucking beautiful. I remember they had, like, a black and white checkered floor, and, like, all their dishes were, like, these weird Art Deco bowls and cups and things. And they just had so much Art Deco stuff everywhere. And then they had one room that was full of dolls that Guy's sister Dee had made. They were all, like, in these, like, glass cases, just, like, crazy-ass dolls. And their, their fucking bathroom, it was just, like, all these black and white pictures of... 1940s and 50s lady celebrities oh. just like headshots just like all in like these silver frames and they had like a white cloth foot top that they painted the outside black and they painted the the feet gold and i was just like it was so fucking fabulous yeah it was, it was great having just like them as like such a supportive just like such a supportive part of my life throughout my childhood and then when i was finally coming out and realizing that that i was gay it was nice just to have them there to that's like, as a good example. And they like, took me to my first Pride when I was like, I don't know, 13 or something like that? 12? I don't know. Yeah.
1: One of the teen years.
2: Yeah. It was great having just someone to look up to who was also gay and had their life together and you yeah know. and
1: to let you know like it's okay because yeah. you hear all these horror stories and mm-hmm. you you know have uh, i don't know if you've personally experienced any gay bashing but like oh. uh, for me like the first time it ever happened it made me like want to go back in the closet and yeah. then i was like fuck this like why would i uh, yeah. give in to the bullies essentially but right. you do have these moments of so to see like someone who's lived that mm-hmm. in a time that was Probably yeah. harder, oh, you know, yeah. to do that. And yeah. here they are, happy with this beautiful home, able yeah. to express themselves. Yeah, and, you know, not have to call each other roommates or whatever the yeah. situation is. Like that's yeah. got to be really great for you.
2: Yeah, it was fantastic. And I, I was just raised with with them, and I, I didn't think that it was weird or whatever at all. I didn't think it was queer. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it was just your uncles. <laughs> yeah. So when I came out to like my friend group, it was like I came out as being bi. You know, stopped stepping ground. Mm-hmm a step in the right direction, but not quite all the way. It's like half out of the closet. <laughs> yeah. A lot of
1: folks, because they're like, okay, this will be like a pill that more people can swallow. Yeah. Because at exactly. least they'll like understand half of it. And, yeah. You know, and I feel like that's, I don't want to say calm because everyone's experiences are different, but right. I've definitely in doing these interviews right. have heard that and I yeah. understand that.
2: Yeah. I think it happens quite a bit, which I think also can like make it be, when people do come out as bi and they are actually bi, It makes people not believe them. They're like, oh, you're actually gay. And you're just like, just don't want to come out all the way. It's like, well, no. That's not necessarily true. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, people do, you know, there's, yeah. and for some people, that's the step they need to take to even start that coming right. out process. And yeah. for some people that is how they identify. Yeah. And um, people do, you know, there's a lot of, I think, biphobia out mm-hmm. there. There's a lot of bi-invisibility that I think is uh, so important to address and, yeah. and conquer and mm-hmm. deal with. Like in Queer Mountain, we've had a couple of, in particular that I'm thinking of two by women who told uh-huh. stories about straight male partners that they had mm-hmm. been with yeah. and I heard about it after the show from people that were like this is a queer space yeah. and I'm like they're still queer. That's still how they identify and yeah. they're gonna have these experiences I'm like before I came out I dated guys. I have yeah. stories to tell about that. Yeah. It doesn't make me less queer. It's yeah. part of who we are in, in our life. Right.
2: Also I always feel like there's like I hate the idea of someone having having to come out if you're not straight i'm just like what what makes it so why should i have to come out and then like every like any straight person just i say that straight is the norm that's just like what everybody's assumed to be like innocent until proven guilty you know you're straight until you're proven gay it's <laughs> like well why should you have to do that and also why should anybody care why do we have to like all these labels for everything and it's like causing all these i don't know people have so many issues like with people having these labels for themselves which just like makes it like what if someday i decide that i want to date a woman yeah but if i do that people are gonna be like i would get so much shit for it
1: <laughs> yeah and you'd have a lot of people questioning you and a lot of people in your business in a way that yeah it's like get out of my fucking business man yeah
2: i mean like i don't think that would happen but <laughs> it could <laughs> you never know yeah i want my options <laughs> I think for people
1: to understand it, especially like growing up in a heteronormative world, they mm-hmm. want to put you in a box. It was like, okay, Addison is gay. I understand what that box means. Yeah. And if you do anything to deviate from that box and they're like, whoa, what, yeah. you know, and it's, it shouldn't be, you're right. It shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be any assumption that we're all straight.
2: Right. Exactly. I was working at this bakery in Seattle for a long time called Nielsen's Pastries. And there was this old couple that would come in all the time, Dick and Judy. And they were such a pain. <laughs> They would always ask me about my girlfriend. I was way out of the closet at that point. I was like, I've been dating this guy for years, who I'm now married to. Dick would always be like, she was a real looker, you, could you know, you should go for it. And I'd be like, "Like Dick, I'm gay. Yeah. No. <laughs> and also, I don't want you to know anything about my, about my personal life, like, at all. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, I serve you pastries, you yeah. eat them and leave.
2: Exactly. We give you a discount price because you're cheap old fuckers. <laughs> and that's the only way you'll come in. But yeah, you yeah. don't need to know anything about me.
1: <laughs> no, but you know she was yeah. a looker, right? Yeah. <laughs> Even Even the old men got to
2: acknowledge she was a looker. We all have
1: to acknowledge yeah. that, that woman... Had... right? Right. <laughs>
2: just like almost at that point, like he has In to front prove of his wife. Yeah, that like, he has to prove to himself that that he's straight. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I still like women. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's a lot of what I think that has a lot to do with the misogyny and stuff. Guys feeling like they have to be straight and just like this toxic masculinity where they have to like they feel like they have to like objectify women so that everybody so that nobody thinks that they're they're gay, that so there's any possibility that they could be anything other than straight. Just like ugh, it's so Tired, <laughs> just like, just...
1: yeah, like when no homo was like a really popular thing oh for people my to say, God. specifically stray men. I was yeah. like, fucking stop it, just, yeah. just stop it. Yeah. I don't, don't want to get into it with you about like how you don't need to say this, or the fact yeah. that you feel you need to say this, yeah, already says something to me, but yeah. I'm like, I don't know who started that or how that got so yeah. big. But
2: and you know, those people who feel like they have to say that, they're like the ones that are like really in the closet, and they're like, they feel like they have to, they still want to like experience. Like, I still want to suck your dick, but I don't want you to think I'm gay, so I'm just going to say no homo first, and then me giving you a blowjob doesn't mean (laughs) I'm still straight. Because I said this first. I still fuck bitches. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. I had a friend who came down a couple years ago who I hadn't seen since high school, and he came with this bachelor party, and there were, like, fucking 19 of them. That's Um, a nightmare. And I just, like, found out that he was coming to town through Facebook or something, and I messaged him, and I was like, hey... I work at this breakfast restaurant. You should come by. And so he came by with three of them, and they were like obviously like the three chillest people in the whole group. I found out later. so like, hey, could I like, hang out with you guys later? He's like, yeah. He's kind of making it seem like it'd be weird if I came, but he was trying to like be nice. I was like, yeah, you should come by. So I came, and he wasn't expecting me to. Obviously, I was like hanging out with the, all these bros in this hotel room, and it's my God. Things just got so weird. They got strippers, they got a bunch of cocaine, and everybody was going fucking crazy, and then like, I felt like I had to prove that, or like blow their minds a little bit, mm-hmm. <laughs> just by being this out gay person, and they were, there were so many people who had like, I was like looking at the I'm like, obviously this guy wants to fuck this other guy. <laughs> There's a lot of homoerotic tension going on here between all you, quote, straight, unquote. Oh yeah, but they had strippers
1: in the room, so. Yeah, oh my no god. No homo, right?
2: Jesus. So I felt very accomplished when at the end of the night, at like four in the morning, when I started a massage circle. (laughs) <laughs> i was like i did it <laughs> you're
1: like that was worth staying out till mm-hmm. 4 a.m <laughs> oh
2: definitely i which i never do but you know
1: yeah sometimes yeah you had a, you had a vision <laughs> yeah i'm like and it came to fruition yeah
2: exactly i just started giving my friend a massage uh, everybody was just like super fucked up and kind of like falling asleep anyway i was like giving him like a pat on the back and then kind of just like accidentally turned into massage and then you know somebody else was like yeah Episode, you bro, and so then they started. Mis- people just started massaging each other, and it was just like, "Wow!" I was like, "This is like, super, super gay."
1: Yeah, were yes. the strippers still there? They no, like, no, okay. they were long gone. I was like, I would have just loved to be like the stripper packing her shit up and looking around <laughs> a circle of guys um, giving each other massages.
2: You guys clearly don't appreciate <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> Question everything, mm-hmm.
1: man. That's awesome. So, um, you're married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When did you and your husband meet? How did you meet?
2: Um, we met uh, just over 10 years ago. It was Valentine's Day. We were both living in Seattle. He's originally from Japan. And he was uh, in Seattle for college. And he... Oh, sorry. At the time, he... Now, they... I have a hard time switching the pronouns because it's I've known them for 10 years as he... So, getting used to it in my head, I apologize. But they were going to school in seattle and didn't have too many friends yet and they got invited to this art show that a friend of theirs was putting on who was a friend of mine from high school who my husband had a crush on a lady and i was working two jobs at the time i was working at that bakery and um, it's like friday nights so i'd do or fridays so i'd do 9 a.m to 5 p.m at the bakery and then I'd sleep on the couch for a couple hours and then I'd go take a bus to this 24-hour diner and i'd wash dishes and bus tables from the other 9 to 5, 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. That is a lot. I <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, yeah young and dumb young could and not do that dinner. anymore yeah, yeah. Like, there's no fucking way i could do that now <laughs> yeah, exactly and now i'm like you want me to work three days <laughs> <laughs> so much <laughs> labor laws in this country. Yeah. Um, but i i decided i got invited to this art gallery opening thing too and i decided uh last minute that i was gonna go even though i really just wanted to take a nap on the couch um but i was like no i'm, I'm gonna go to this thing i want to see some of these people so i went and i remember due to my now husband when they walked in, in the room, I just remember, like, seeing them and, like, ooh, who is she? <laughs> I want to get to know that person. They were wearing, like, these polyester, like, horse riding pants with, like, the suede patches on the, the inner thigh. And these, like, furry shoes and, like, a furry sweater and a furry hat and, like, brooches and, like, a gold chain. And just, like, I, I don't know. I was just, like, I don't know who this person is, but, like, they have my aesthetic. I'm just, like, I'm in love. Wow. And so I kept trying to, like... I was, like, trying to, like, get into conversations where they were involved the whole night and kept, like, not really making any connection with them. And then, but I had, like, introduced myself, so it got at least to that point. And we talked for, like, a second, but then, you know, they kind of wandered off, and I was like, damn it! They also, I I didn't know but they were they were straight at the time. Oh. So <laughs> So they were like trying to talk to all these ladies and I kept trying to be like, "Hey, like I'm not the only other gay guy up in here." Thinking that he was out of the closet and
1: So they were trying to follow ladies, you're trying to follow them.
2: Yeah, cuz I, like, I was like, "Hello, I'm the only other homosexual. Let's talk to each other." But um <laughs> they didn't see that. So anyway, uh they I overheard them saying that they had to they were trying to get on a bus to go to the to this particular part of town and i had to catch the same bus and they were trying to ask me how to get there and i was like oh i'll, I'll take you there oh, what and, do you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah and oh my god in order to bus tables at night at this 24-hour diner there was so many drunk people who'd be who'd like come in and just like get in the way and we had rules about people like standing anywhere inside you have to either wait outside or wait in the game room and drunk people just didn't understand and so of course not so i'd be like running through the restaurant with this bus tub full of dishes trying to get through people get around people and at first i'd be like um excuse me uh sorry could, could i could i get by you excuse my job and then my manager when I was like you need to tell people to get the fuck out of your way and i was like oh okay They're like no like actually just like yell at them to get the fuck out of your way it's one of those kind of restaurants yeah so i started doing that but i felt weird being This, like, super macho tough guy. So I would draw a mustache on my face with, (laughs) like, a black Sharpie. Like, a big old, like, village people mustache. The leather guy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Big old mustache on my face. So I had one of those on my face the night that I met my husband because I was on my way to work. <laughs> and I didn't realize until, like, I was trying to talk to this guy all night.
3: With a sharpie. With face. a sharpie mustache on my face. <laughs>
2: and I didn't even realize until I'd gotten to work after riding the bus with him that I had had that on my face. And I was like, ah, oh, idiot. You probably looks so stupid right now. Yeah, I don't think he even noticed. <laughs> yeah, like it's cute and endearing. Thanks. <laughs>
1: So, you all took the bus together and then what, exchange digits or?
2: No, I was too awkward to ask for his number. Also, he thought that he didn't know that I was trying to hit on him because I'm not, I was, or I am now, but I, when I'm hitting on someone, but I was not very obvious at the time. <laughs> so, yeah, I found them on MySpace and I figured <laughs> out when that they were having a birthday party soon. So, I went to their birthday party and gave them my number then. Uh, when I was leaving i was like hey we should hang out sometime and then we went and had coffee date like a couple weeks later and but he thought that we were just meeting up as friends he was like wow this guy really wants to be friends with me and then like i got home that night and i was like i feel so weird about this i can't tell if he like if he thinks that was a date or if he just thinks that we're hanging out as friends i was like but i was certain that was a date until right now when i'm feeling uncertain and weird and awkward so i texted him this long awkward text what a date is this a date do you want to date and he was like oh I never thought about like that. And he texted me back like, uh, yeah, th- we can call that a date. I
1: was like... <laughs> 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 Sounds like most lesbian friends I have. Because we're all like, we'll just hang out. And yeah. then, you know, sometime, at some point, we'll process this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we'll make that decision. And, <laughs> and the like...
2: feelings are coming up and you're like, I just need to know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've been in a few of those where I'm like, oh, cool, a friend to hang out with. And then yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, you had something else in mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: I remember what I was trying to say earlier when I couldn't remember what Great. I was trying to say. So let's go there. Yeah. Uh, you had said something about or asked something about getting gay bashed. Oh, yeah. Um, and I've, I've never gotten beat up necessarily for being gay, but I, I have had because I think that I'm just such a giant person that most people just wouldn't try and beat me up. Yeah, how tall Which are you? It, it's debatable sometimes, between six four and six five, depending yeah. on who's Extra tall. and who's <laughs> measuring. You know, and I mean, like, in, I always wear six inch heels when I wear heels, so like, that's like, what does that bring me to? I can't do math right now. Six eleven. Yeah. What's that? 6'10", <laughs> 6'11, Depending on who's asking. <laughs> And if I have hair on too, I mean, like uh, I'm a, yeah. at you least seven two feet inches. Tall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, like two inches of my own hair. But if I'm wearing like a wig, and oh, you know, true. Okay, that yeah. could be another four to
1: six. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll put pictures on Instagram so people can see cool. instead of just having me describe.
2: The yeah. shoot, like. <laughs> but I, so I've never gotten like beat up or anything for being gay. But I have had so many instances where like a group of douchebags just driving by me and they yell something at me from the car and i'm just like what what are you doing i'm like why yeah. like just either stop and say that you have a problem with me or don't do it at all don't like just like run by and do it let me retaliate <laughs> and i've also had people throw things at me oh no but thankfully most people speeding away in a car have pretty bad aim so nothing's actually hit except for uh, somebody who shot me with a paintball gun once
1: what holy
2: shit but i don't think that that had anything to do with me being gay i just think it was that i was the only person on the street that they were driving down and they were going to try and shoot somebody with a paintball gun just to be funny because they were teenagers yeah okay i was like if you have a paintball
1: gun out like that's not just like an in the moment thing you're (laughs) planning on doing something with that
2: and they shot me in the neck and i still like i can still like feel a bump there where they shot me like it got me like really bad and it was like bleeding and it, it was like I'm sure that there's like paints like under my skin still, which is why it's like never completely healed. But like I can like feel the bump on the back of my neck.
1: Yeah, I never understood when people like like paintball became really hot, yeah. and like people would go and then they, you know, even with the suit and the helmets and whatever, they come back to school and just be like just dent, like basically their skin was like just dented, you yeah. know. And I was like, why? How is this fun? And they're like, I love it. I'm going back next weekend. And
3: I was like, talk to a doctor. <laughs>
2: I feel
1: alive. I love the pain. And maybe I just don't get that kind of rush.
3: Yeah.
2: I'm like,
1: you know, even like skydiving to me, I'm not interested in bungee. I'm like, mm-hmm. eh, I don't need to do that to feel alive.
2: I think I would like to go skydiving. I think that could be fun, but bungee jumping, I don't know. I'm just like, I don't know, just especially as someone who is so large, I'm just like, what if the cable breaks? Yeah, there's, there's all the what ifs that I'm yeah. like, that seems to
1: take the fun out of. It. Yeah,
2: exactly. What if, like, for some reason, like, I go farther than anybody else? Because, like, there's all these, like, smaller people doing it. And they're like, like, <laughs> oh, man. you don't even touch the ground yeah. with them. What if I do it? And I'm just like, They're
1: <laughs> like, oh, we did need to make that longer. <laughs> yeah, my, my neighbor that I grew up with, I remember he went bungee jumping. And he had, like, a whole video and whatever. And you can see in the video, he had his wallet in his pocket. Mm-hmm. And his wallet just went... Oh, God. Lord knows where. Yeah. I was just like, another reason I don't want to do this. Yeah. Because he's like, watch the video. And I'm like, what's that? is my wallet. Don't worry about it. I was like...
2: You're like but you've lost your fucking wallet. You
1: no, know, now you got to go to DMV and get a new... like. I was like... Eh. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm such a Jewish mom sometimes. <laughs> I like, ah, and all the things you have to do. <laughs> I get so complicated. Voice. Why do it? <laughs> where did that voice come from? <laughs> so how long have you and your husband been married? So
2: we, when we first met, we started dating for like a year. And then they had to go back to japan their visa had expired and they they weren't going to school anymore so they had to go back to japan for a while and they ended up staying there for a long time and it was like a year after they had left and i had gone there twice and to visit them in japan which was fantastic but um i had been having i just felt like they weren't making the effort to come visit me at all and when i talked about it they didn't seem like they wanted to come back to the US to visit, so I was like, I don't know, saving up all my money, working super hard to go visit them for like a week or two, yeah. and then come back, and then just like not feeling that in return, I was, I got really upset and I broke it off. And then we got back together at a friend's wedding years later, they called me out of the blue and said that they were coming back to the US, they were gonna be going to a mutual friend's wedding and they were gonna be in the party, and they like, do you, you wanna come be on my date? I was like, uh, yeah. Mm. I tried to date other people while we were broken up, but everyone else I was compared to, to my husband, and nobody was as, as I don't know, crazy. <laughs> I wanted someone who was like the right kind of crazy. Yeah. And everybody else was the wrong kind of crazy. <laughs> There's you a lot know? of wrong kinds of crazy. There's okay. a <laughs> lot of wrong kinds of crazy, and yeah. So they asked me to be date to this wedding. So I went to this wedding with them, and it was in uh, um, not Reno. Summer close. What's that lake by there? Tahoe? Lake Tahoe. Lake Tahoe. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I was in Lake Tahoe, and there were so many people from San Francisco who were there. There were lots of drugs there. I mean, was just like giving out Molly to everybody. And so I took a lot of Molly, and I drank a lot of tequila, and then I confessed my undying love for my hu- now husband. And it was like, I'm so sorry I broke up with you. Aww. I'm such an idiot. I love you. I want you back. And... And it worked. <laughs> <laughs> and so we moved here uh, like two and a half years ago, and we got married on Valentine's Day because it was our anniversary Aww. of meeting each other. And we're like, well, that's an easy thing to remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a double anniversary and Valentine's Day all in one.
1: And if you forget, Hallmark will remind you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Facebook, and everyone else will absolutely remind you.
2: Yeah, Yeah, we just had a little wedding at the Hari Christian Center. I love that yeah. place. We went there on uh, Sunday for the free food, and we're like, hey, can we have a wedding here on Tuesday? And they were like, uh, uh, we're like, please? They're like, well, just bring some fruits and flowers for the gods, and you're good. I'm like, oh, okay. It's yeah. good to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so while we were getting married, there were so many people who were, like, curious as to what we were doing there. They were like, come and just, like, just watch us while we were having this small little ceremony. My friend Ralph was our minister, Ralph's then boyfriend Shay was just there as a witness and our friends Zen and Aaron who were the ones who got married in Tahoe, part of the reason we got back together, they were there too. So like it was just like the six of us, super cute little wedding, we were all dressed so crazy. Um. <laughs> I expect nothing less yeah. from you. <laughs> Hats, feathers, turbans, sequins—you know Alfred. everything. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and um, if I may ask, what mm. made y'all decide to get married? What I always—I is... think it's so interesting. Um, mm-hmm. In no no judgment way, I just I'm always curious like people's reasonings because yeah. I think putting the law, getting like the law involved in like personal yeah. things is very interesting to me as to why people choose mm. that.
2: It it's very hard for me to go to Japan and live there without getting into a program where I like teach English or something. And I don't really want to teach English. I like have a hard time with English myself. So <laughs> part of it was that it was easier for, for them to move here, like for legal reasons. So, and we just been dating for so long where we're just like in separate countries and it's just like so hard, so hard. Yeah. And it was like not being able to see each other ever. And like, We could only like ever, with the time difference, we could only ever like talk to each other for like, like I can either like wake up at six in the morning and talk to you for a couple hours before you go to bed or I can stay up late and then you can call me when you're waking up. So it was like, there were only, only a couple hours each day where we could maybe talk to each other. And then our schedules would get in the way. It was just so hard. And but,
1: also someone's like winding down and somebody's waking up. Yeah, and I'm sure it was like, someone's weird. like, oh my god, here's my day. And the other person's yeah. like, whoa, I haven't yeah. had coffee yet. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was rough. So it was just like, he was coming to visit. And I was like, what if you just stayed? So we decided to give that a go. Because it's just, there's no other way for for them to stay in the country. Um, other than us getting married and been together for like eight years at that point <laughs> mm-hmm. or trying to make it work for eight years and it wasn't getting any easier being in separate countries. So yeah. I decided to just go for it.
1: And it's working out. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, it was rough the first couple of years because, you know, going from having separate beds and separate houses in separate countries to living in the same room sharing a full-size bed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's hard <laughs>
1: what, it's hard with distance too because like like you're saying like you're working 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 and then you get to go away for a week or two and you get yeah. to see this person and yeah. you have this amazing time but like when you get there there's no we don't have work you don't have daily shit right. to do you're somewhere yeah. else you're in japan which right. is exciting right and and
2: then he would always ask for time off too yeah and, So that was always... So
1: you're not like living your actual life that you would live in the everyday, you know, coming home from work and cooking dinner and, you know, it's like you both have these like vacation times together, which is always hard for distance folks when they like finally live together and they're, oh, this is different. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, what has to be different. Yeah.
2: And we had lived together before in Seattle for a little while. I mean, we'd lived together for a time, so we like, I don't know, we know each other pretty damn well. Okay. Yeah. So Um, so there was that, but like, it was just like, but it's been years since that had happened. And also just, I don't know, we both had expectations of what the relationship was going to be like when we finally did live together again. Mm-hmm. And some of those expectations were just, like, weren't getting met and just, we were both, I don't know. So many things, like, he came from, from this country where he grew up speaking this other language and then having to come here and to like completely turn everything, like, they have to, like, translate everything and they had to, like, even think about it. Very hard. Also, they speak, they have like a very Americanized accent. So people just assume that they're from the U.S. And so I I speak way too fast and I mumble a lot and they have a hard time understanding me sometimes. And I'm just like, I just assume that they can understand everything because of their accent or lack of accent it's rough so things are finally been doing better we've been doing really good the last i guess year
1: that's great i think it's because i was just at a wedding last night um and the Ooh. last few weddings i've been to oh it was great mm. anything with an open bar i'm like oh yeah i'm and, but what i thought was interesting the last few weddings i've been to when the preacher this time mm. was a judge that married them yeah they do all the vows they do all the, the stuff and then they always say not always but in the last few specifically they've talked about marriage is hard and you're gonna fight and there's gonna be tough times god. and they like give this and i'm like oh god like yeah. so i was like, is that because because the divorce rate's so high that now in the weddings they're like prepared they're like you're gonna fight you're gonna hate her she's gonna hate you yeah but you're gonna work through it because you're here and you've agreed to do it and i'm just like whoa and they had they did their own vows which were beautiful and romantic and touching and like you know laughing and crying because they're stand-ups and all that but then the this guy's saying this shit and i was like last couple weddings so like the person officiating has said that and i'm like holy shit yeah I don't know Weird. if that's, I, I get it. Like, we all know, you know, yeah. living with somebody for the rest of your life is going to have its ups and downs, but I'm like, yeah. the wedding isn't, th- to me, yeah. that's not the day to do
2: it. Yeah, exactly. I'm actually a minister of the Universal Life Church. Oh. And I've done uh, nine ceremonies so oh, far. Wow. And yeah, there's no reason to mention any of that. No. Like, we, I mean, <laughs> especially not at the wedding in front of everybody that these people know. Yeah. Just so you, just so yeah. everyone knows, these two, they're gonna have a rough yeah. go at it. <laughs>
1: That's what it feels like, where it's just like don't get divorced. Like yeah. And I'm just like this is the this is the one day, you know, or yeah. not one day, but like out of any of the days, this is the day you could put money on that they're not gonna break up. Yeah, so exactly. let them not think about yeah. that.
2: Don't scare them into it. Like you're gonna make <laughs> them think about it too much and they're gonna have this in their minds for the the rest of their lives. Well, like, <laughs>
1: that guy said it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our minister said our lives will be hard and now I'm thinking that it is now it is because i've been thinking about it too much
1: yeah i was just like what the fuck because it happened again last night and i was like okay is this now part of the marriage (laughs) thing that they do or
2: like everyone is required to say this now by law yeah (laughs) gotta warn everybody now it's gonna be rough yeah i'm actually doing a wedding in october i have some friends who are getting married and in seattle and i of course every time any of my friends get married i'm like you know i'm a minister just saying <laughs> also put that out there also i usually offer as a joke that i could do your wedding in drag or i could do your wedding as elvis i just am never expecting anybody to actually do it but these people are they are paying me for they're paying for my ticket to go up to seattle for a couple of days to go and do a wedding ceremony as elvis
1: Nice. I was gonna ask you because I saw on your wrist you have the TCB with the lightning, uh-huh. which is Elvis take care taking care of business yeah. or take care of business. Yeah. I don't know. But when I went to Graceland, the
2: Memphis Mafia, they were selling that shit. Yeah.
1: Like they had chains oh, yeah. and you know cufflinks yeah. and all <laughs> socks with it and all sorts of shit. And I was like, I really actually really like that. And at one point I was. Thinking about it, a similar tattoo because I like that because I have that mentality of like yeah. taking care of business. Yeah. But I didn't know I've never seen you. I've seen you do mm. drag, which yeah. is fabulous as Smokey Stack Lightning. <laughs> I didn't know if you had. Have you done Elvis impersonations or are you just a Not big fan? Really.
2: Um, I, I guess when I was like in middle school and high school, I was like really into '50s pop culture stuff. Like I got obsessed with like I Love Lucy. Also in part because of my uncles, they had like a lot of like Lucille Ball memorabilia, and they i would go over there and watch i love lucy at their house and they just like tell me like you know all the crazy things that happened in these Mm -hmm. people's lives oh god
1: yeah Lucy all has an interesting story
2: yeah my uncle guy would love talking about this is interesting because of this and Mm i like oh okay cool (laughs) great Uh, but i got obsessed with just like the 50s in general for a while and then like the 60s i was just like i don't know i just wanted all the pop culture i was like I don't know. My mom still gets mad at me for, like, knowing all these songs from her childhood. She's like, how do you know all the words of the song? <laughs> I don't know all the words of the song. But I've always had, like, a knack for memorizing songs like that. So it's always just, it was helps me in drag. It's, like, it's easy for me to just learn words of songs. I used yeah. to, like, apparently lip sync into the mirror all the time when I was a kid. I don't necessarily remember that, but I'm sure it happened.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, that seems to check out. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, I would dress up as Elvis when I was for like Halloween when I was in middle school. It's like the first time I dyed my hair, and dad dyed my hair black. And I don't know, I wore like a red polyester shirt and um, some like tight, like flared pants. My mom helped me get ready. <laughs> and like a gold chain, and I was just like, yeah. I look, I look more like somebody from West Side Story than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have some friends who are in the crew of Rolling Elvi, and I'm going to ah. borrow one of their giant, ridiculous wigs. The hell else I'm going to wear, I should figure that out. But
1: <laughs> so you need Yeah, one-piece suit and yeah. some nice, shiny shoes, and yeah. And it's the hair. Yeah. You know? The important thing with Elvis is the mm-hmm. hair.
2: Exactly. I'm going to have to like draw on some sideburns or something. <laughs>
1: yeah. Sharpie. I'm sure you have that Sharpie save mm-hmm. from your yeah, <laughs> last exactly.
2: days. Yeah, I used to have sideburns. Uh, for years, I'd had sideburns. And I started doing drag, and I finally shaved them off. And I really like myself with sideburns. And I didn't realize until until like a few days ago... I saw an old picture of me with sideburns. I was like, oh, hmm. I miss my burns. <laughs> yeah, I could see it. I'm looking yeah. at
1: you now, and I'm like, I can definitely see it. Yeah. Um, I want, real quick, because mm. we haven't actually, we've talked about a lot of things, but we didn't get to talk about your drag. Mm. How did you get your name Smokestack Lightning? Uh, I stole it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Perfect. From, it's
2: an old blues song called Smokestack Lightning. Do you know it? No, I don't. It's by Muddy Waters. Maybe you can play that as like my my intro yeah, music. Yeah, maybe. I, uh,
1: should, I should know it my dad will be very upset that I don't cause yeah. he's a, my dad's like a big blues head and yeah. I'm like I don't know I dad. love that song I,
2: I can play it for you later it's just it's like such just like a I, I just I also that song was like so sexy it's just like this like blues guy with like a very deep voice and just like oh smokestack lightning shining bright as gold well don't you hear me cry woo so good. I'll play it for you later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. I just, I, I had that as like um, a stage name for a while for other things um, back in the day, and I just always liked it. And when I was trying to come up with the drag name, I was like, I'm just gonna fucking go with Smokestack Lightning. And yeah, I was unsure about it at first, but I'm happy I chose it.
1: Yeah, I love it. And, you know, I'll ask you to tell the folks more about where to find you, but I do want to just mm-hmm. briefly, like, highlight... Because the first time that I ever saw you perform was at Slapped. Yeah. Which is a show that you run with Ariel and Rodney over at Saturn Bar. Yeah. Which is, like... such It's such a weird bar and space, but y'all... Like, this show... Hands down, has like the best energy out of any show because it's this small bar and it's got like two floors, so you can like sit, like sit upstairs or stand on the balcony and throw like throw money down, and um and then you can like stand all around and it's just like this small crazy space and. It's so fun and that show brings everything so original and y'all have like these crazy themes that are just so fun to see what people do with them. How did y'all get that started?
2: So me and Ariel are part of a mermaid crew called Crew of Mermu and we, um, so I I throw like a David Bowie party at Saturn Bar every year. Been doing it since before he died. I'm just saying, there's all these David Bowie parties now, yeah. and there's too many yeah, of them. Lasha, I'm just like
1: mine was first. Last was just on one at One eyed Jacks. So yeah. I think they're coming back again this year, next year, whenever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then there was another one at One Eye Jacks so that was different crew, yeah. and then they've definitely had a lot of you know since he passed away. Yeah, I I CEO have the OG.
2: Yeah, exactly. I have some. Um, so I have some friends in Seattle who I would do this Bowie party with called um, Bowie Miss. because it's like right after it's like you know there's Christmas and then there's New Year's and then there's Bowie miss. <laughs> So it's like a, a week a week a week Perfect. um and then uh when I moved down here I, like missed it a lot so we started calling doing a party called Bowie Gras we do that every year because it's also during the mardi Gras season but in our mermaid crew we would we were trying to like do a we would have like a ball every year and we to get people as like a fundraising thing for us and we always donated a, a portion of our proceeds to a uh, local nonprofit but to like bring people in we would do me and Ariel would do a drag show every year and then the, I guess it was like a year and a half ago almost two years ago we did our our ball at Saturn Bar uh, because of my connection with Bailey who owns it and then afterwards we were just like so what if we just did like a show here every month and she was really into it and it went really well and uh, yeah I love our little show yeah it's we always were, packed yeah we were having uh, trouble for the longest time figuring out what to call it because uh I mean, we were trying to find something fun about both of our names, but there's... I mean, it it just wasn't working. Finally, we went... Settle on slaps because we spelled S L A A P. So smokestack lightning and aerial androgyny present. So that's yes. like what we came up with. I was yeah. going
1: to ask why there was because there's two ways: is S L A A P, yeah. and yeah. then is it apostrophe D or just E D?
2: Uh, usually we'll do a, um, apostrophe D, apostrophe yeah. lowercase D, because that doesn't stand. That part yeah. doesn't stand for anything.
1: And I was like, I wonder why they chose the, the two ways because it does stand out. I was like, maybe they just did it to get my attention because yeah. they got my attention. It worked.
2: Yeah. Also, um, whenever we. Whenever we say it, just the two of us, we all say
1: "slap."
2: <laughs> <laughs> so we, you know, that extra "a" is important. Yes, just a little emphasis. <laughs> Got to pronounce pronounce
1: it correctly. <laughs> yeah,
2: um, our next show is gonna be in October. I think October 18th, and it's gonna be a classic horror themed show. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, so that that's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna. Um, I have a um, bra that I made out of two Jason masks. That I'm really excited to debut. Nice. Yeah. You, i ahead of the curve here. I Not waiting until the last minute. Yeah. On that. <laughs> I did it for something else. Oh. And i actually. I've the the had these masks for a couple of years, and I was supposed to make these into an art piece for Aero Cafe. DJ Karen from, from Slap. Oh, yeah, yeah. She runs uh, Aero Cafe, and every Friday the 13th, they have like, they give out all these. Um, jason masks for uh, local artists to decorate oh. and so I, I had had these two masks for i think like two years before oh. i actually did okay, it great. so I, i'm not i'm All not getting right. ahead of myself <laughs> <laughs> just so we're clear yeah i'm still a procrastinator <laughs> yeah so that's gonna be a lot of fun and then i'm really excited for the one november november 15th we're doing slap into the country part two because we did one a couple years ago i'm so stoked on that one just i love a good country themed drag yeah. show yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: well awesome well can you let the folks know how to find you on social media and any other yeah. shows you can look up Slap, just s-l-a-p um you'll type that in the only yeah. thing that's going to pop up is their show yeah so you should definitely
2: <laughs> check that out <laughs> yeah uh we have a uh, instagram slap s-l-a-a-p underscore cabaret on instagram but if you want to find me personally um miss smokestack lightning is how you find me on instagram and you can get updates on all my shows and you can there's a link to Yep, yeah, I quit my job in December last year, and I've just been making jewelry and doing drag to get by, which is not the most lucrative. It's been good.
1: How do people find your jewelry? Because I love your jewelry. Thanks. That... When you do the bolo ties. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I make some big, gay, ridiculous bolo ties. <laughs> They're
1: fabulous. Thank you so much.
2: Tara Cards is like one of my best customers because she always wants them bigger and gayer and crazier. Oh, yeah.
1: She has some great pieces.
2: Uh, yeah. she. I
1: don't know you may Okay.
2: She always comes in with... Brings me like all these jewels that she found in the lapidary. She's like, Can you make these into one? I'm like, sure. <laughs> I keep on having to make bigger and bigger frames. The last one I made her was I made a resin um, frame out of a Sabra hummus container.
3: Oh. Because wow. it's like
2: it needed to be that big to Jesus, hold okay. everything she wanted to be on there. And I had to put two cords in it so it doesn't break her damn neck. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. But
1: where can we? Where can people find that? Uh,
2: the Alligator Pair Goods. You can find me on Instagram or on Facebook, and then I have stuff in local shops around town. Glitter Box, my my favorite shop in town that I sell at. But yeah, there's also a link to my my Etsy from my Smokey lighting page. Okay, great. So, so it's all connected together. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to I just want to like mm-hmm. give myself credit all the way around. yes Keep people coming back to both pages. Exactly. <laughs> or just keep them in an infinite yeah. circle. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Of my own (laughs) self-promotion.
1: Well, thank you so much for doing this podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I had a great time. All right, great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you to our guest, Smokestack Lightning, for sharing his world with you. Special thank you to Joseph Fallon and Ryan Gollop for your help producing and editing the podcast. Find us on social media, Twitter, Queer to My Heart, Instagram, Facebook, Near and Queer to My Heart. You can find... Greetings from Queer Mountain, the live queer storytelling show in New Orleans, New York, Austin, Oakland, and now Baton Rouge. Thank y'all!